Chapter One. Never come to New Orleans in the summer. It's hot. It's humid. It's sticky. It's damp. It's hot. Air conditioners blow on high. Ceiling fans rotate. Nothing helps. The air is thick as syrup. Sweat becomes a given. No antiperspirant works. Aerosols, sticks, powders, and creams all fail. The thick air just hangs there, brooding. The sun shows no mercy. The vegetation grows out of control. Everything's wet. The buildings perspire. Even a simple task becomes a chore. Taking the garbage out becomes an ordeal. The heat makes the garbage rot faster. The city starts to smell sour. The locals try to mask the smell of sweat with more perfume. Hairspray sales go up. Women turn their hair into lacquered helmets that start to sag after an hour or so. Even the flies get lazy. My sinuses were giving me fits as I left the airport and headed into the city. It was only seven o'clock in the morning, but already hotter than hell. The air was thick. I reached for the box of tissue under my seat and blew my nose. The pressure in my ears popped. Blessed relief. As I drove alongside the runways, I could see a Transco Airlines 737 taxiing into takeoff position. I saluted as I drove past, thinking it might be the flight that my current lover was working. Paul looked good in the uniform. It takes a great body to look sexy in polyester. He does. He'd be gone for four days on this trip. I was at loose ends. I'd wrapped up a security job for Crown Enterprises the previous Wednesday. The big check that I'd banked guaranteed I wouldn't have to worry about money for a while. I like when money's not a concern. Paul and I had just gotten back from a long weekend on South Beach. My skin was tanned a nice deep brown. It had been fun lying on the beach, catching the Atlantic breeze, jumping into the warm water of the Gulf Stream, and looking at the endless parade of tanned, sculpted male bodies wearing thongs that bared their hard butts. Funny how that gets old after a while. They begin to look alike after an hour or so. Now I was back. Paul was on a plane. And I had time on my hands. I had the car's air conditioning on high, and I was still sweating. There weren't a lot of cars heading into the city yet. It was still too early for the I-10 traffic to tangle and snarl. In another hour, the highway would be clogged with commuters heading in for their day jobs from the burbs and from across the lake. I couldn't do it. The whole idea of living in the burbs. Driving in daily, then driving back every night, has never made sense to me. For me, to live in New Orleans means living in New Orleans. So there's a crime problem. Get over it. The thing about New Orleans that outsiders never grasp is that it's just a small town. Everyone knows everyone. If you don't know someone, you've heard more about them than you care to. My landlady once told me this town is about a block long, and everyone's on a damn party line. I lasted two years as a cop here. 
I've never taken well to authority or to being ruled by a time clock. When I'd had it, I got my PI license and quit. I set my business up in my apartment on Coliseum Street in the lower garden district. I'd saved up enough money to keep myself going if I didn't get any jobs right away, but I got lucky. My landlady, Barbara Castlemaine, was being blackmailed. I took care of that problem for her. It was easier than I thought it would be. Then I designed a security system for body tech, my gym. That brought in a nice chunk of change. Chance McLeod, private detective, was off and running. I got off the highway and turned right at Magazine. I figured since I was going to be up this early, I might as well get my workout over. I headed down Magazine Street into the Garden District.